Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me on another podcast episode from Complete Sports Media. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. So, another really busy weekend in the world of sports and some of the sports that I love and you viewers of Fighting Love. We're going to break down the UFC Vegas card. Another really great card, another lot of fantastic fights. And today we're going to have Scott Holborn join us and bring his analysis and great insight into another card that, uh, yeah, I think was just really, really great. And there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things to talk about, discuss. Uh, Scott will be joining us momentarily. Uh, yeah, the uh, main event uh, went for the full five rounds. Curtis Blades setting a heavyweight record for takedowns, being able to dominate and win in convincing fashion over Alex Drago Volkov. Uh, Co-main event, uh, one of the fight of the year candidates between Josh Emmett and Shane Burgos. Um, Amazing, amazing fight as well. And the decision went to Josh Emmett. Um, Yeah, Scott's going to join us momentarily. I'm going to just bring him into the call. So hang on a second for Scott Holden. Okay, I think, uh, yeah, we've got Scott up here. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, happy belated Father's Day. How was your weekend? Uh, your father of three, uh, must have been busy. Yeah, it was good, really busy, but uh, a lot of fun. Excellent, great. So we're here to break down another UFC, UFC Vegas. Um, main event was Curtis Razorblades against Alex Drago Volkov, a five-round decision to blades who dominated the fight and uh took down alex volkov uh, 15 times which is a heavyweight record um yeah i thought it was a dominating performance uh he definitely gassed out uh, near the end but uh what were your what were your thoughts on the main event uh you know what great performance by uh by blades his wrestling looked outstanding his striking looked really good too which was uh Surprising going up against a, a big striker like Volkov, but yeah, his cardio did not look not look great. He gassed out at the end of the third. Uh, he even found himself in trouble a bit in the fourth, uh, as Volkov, you know, was uh, trying to take advantage of that. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I agree with what Dana White said in the post in the post fight press presser, saying that you know that uh, Blades better stay busy because his his cardio didn't did not look great. Sure. And if he's if yeah. he's going to want to go up against a guy like DC, I mean, he's not going to be able to out wrestle DC. I don't think he could out wrestle uh, out wrestle Stepe because Stepe is just too big, too strong, too skilled, and he can't. I don't think he could outstrike Stepe. And I mean, so he there, it exposed some holes in his game. So uh, with that with that cardio, because you know. Arguably, if uh, anyone found themselves in trouble, they could tie themselves up and, you know, ho- hopefully get them to get, get Blaze to carry their weight for a couple of rounds and then, uh, you know, drag them, into, drag them into deep water there. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I was really surprised that he did guess out because he's from that elevation fight team in Colorado. They fight at altitude, uh, they train there all the time. And, um, usually that's one of their signatures being able to withstand, uh, their cardio. Um, but when you're 265 and you're, you know, having to deal with a monster like Volkov, who's six foot seven and, you know, he 
around 250 pounds. Uh, yeah, it definitely can gas you out. But, you know, I think he's got to improve his cardio if he stands to try to take the belt from whoever wins between DC and Stipe. Absolutely, because he's like I said, he's not going to be able to out out wrestle uh, DC that for sure. And you know, Stipe, I, you know, I've been saying Stipe is the best heavyweight, best heavyweight of all time for a long time now. I I I, I think he's like, I, I think he'll beat uh, DC again, and uh, yeah, I think anyone who's got a he's going to reign for a long time on that in that heavyweight uh, division. Yeah. Well, uh, Daniel Cormier, DC, and uh, Stipe Miocic are going to face each other August 15th for the heavyweight championship. It'll be their trilogy fight, so we're excited for that one. Uh, Francis Ngannou has been told that he gets the next shot at the winner of that, Um, but we'll see. Uh, DC said that that's probably his last fight. There's been rumors that even Stipe might walk away and retire uh, if he wins, if he loses. Uh, I think he wants to become a firefighter full-time and just get away from the mixed martial arts for good. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to that fight. Uh, we'll see if they both uh, take the gloves off and leave him in the octagon after that fight. But Francis Ngannou has beat Curtis Blades twice. So twice, they, yeah. Yeah, they don't want to put that, them against each other again at this point. So um, heavyweight division is starting to take really good shape. But, um, yeah, August 15th, about a month from now, a little, a little less than – I mean, a little less than two months from now, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, who, who has the belt again. And um, then Francis Ngannou supposedly has that next shot. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, everything, like you said, everything's changing quickly, you know, with now Alex Gustafson going up to heavyweight, which is going to be interesting to see how, how he fares. And, you know, rumors are John Jones wants to go to heavyweight also. So you put those two guys in the, in the conversation and uh, things can change real quick. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Uh, that's, that definitely, those those rumors are abound, and um, yeah, I'm hoping so. I, I'd love to see those two guys move up in weight class and uh, re-energize the division right from the bottom up. So yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, let's go to the co-main event. Josh Emmett and Shane Burgos, one of the fights of the year, in my opinion. Really, really great battle, and uh, Emmett take the decision there. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? Well, both fighters looked really good. I thought, uh, I mean, Emmett blew his knee out probably in the first minute or two of the fight. So, you know, he was stuck, uh, you know, firing jabs and overhand rights the whole time. But, uh, you know, boy, did he ever look good for a guy who was uh, down only having one working knee. You know, I I haven't heard of uh, any of the test results that he's had so far, but uh, he he looked fantastic. He really, really did. He was fast and, you know, he, he obviously didn't have this movement that he usually has because of his knee, but, um, you know, and Burgos, he looked good too. I mean, both those guys, I mean, I think Burgos thought he had the win too, right until the, you could see his face when they were announcing the decision and they announced a, a one round, uh, being a, I don't know if there was a one round that like a 10, eight round or something, but, uh, he, you can see he, he was right in it. So yeah, it was, a, it was a great fight and, both those guys have big, big futures. And uh, I think both of them easily can, can move up in the rankings. Yeah, that, um, that division's taken shape uh, as well with uh, Alex Volkanovsky and Max Holloway having their um, rematch. And um, they're going to, whoever takes that has the belt. Um, there's a lot of competitors that are a little bit above them in the rankings that, with Emmett and Burgos, but a lot of different fights are uh, possibly taking shape there. There's uh, I'm going to just go down a little bit of a list. There's um, Yair Rodriguez. Um, there's, yeah, there, I had written down a Brian bunch or- here. 
they got Brian, Brian Ortega. Ortega. Yeah, he's he's got an opportunity with them. Um, yeah, there seems to be and, a bunch of guys. Don't forget the play. don't forget the Korean Zombie too. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be fighting as well. So um, yeah, I think uh, Josh Emmett uh, is going to get a really great uh, fight next and get it, his opportunity to keep moving up and and having a shot at that belt eventually. But um, yeah, there's uh, I, I'd say there's about six guys that I'm really, really excited about and uh, really looking forward to coming up and having a shot at that belt. I think Volkanovski is probably going to take that belt uh, or keep that belt uh, when he faces Holloway again. And then uh, he'll have to face a lot of these really up and comers coming. So, yeah. And so um, then we go down to the rest of the card. Uh, tell me about some of the things that, that stood out for you. Um, I've got, well, uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of ideas uh, to talk about, but uh, what about for you? I think we need to talk about Hubbard versus Roshkoff right off the top. I mean, that's something that's sort of been the, uh, the controversy uh, for that card. You know, at, when I was first watching it, um, I, I was a little disappointed that his, that his, 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 his coach uh, didn't, didn't call it right away. But, um, you know, and I know a lot of people are upset about that. But then I, I've watched it uh, several times. And, uh, I mean, what was your take on it first? Um, well, I, I actually know Robert Drysdale. I've met him on uh, numerous occasions. Um, you, you've always talked highly, spoke highly of him. So that's why I want to hear your take. Yeah. Before yeah. Um, you know, I know Robert, um, you know, really, really feels for his fighters. He, um, he would never put them in, you know, excessive harm's way. In my opinion, I think that he, he just saw a frustrated fighter. He just saw a guy that, um, just really couldn't get anything going in that second round. He, um, I've heard him say that he thought he, uh, his fighter won the first round, and uh, obviously that second round he was dominating. Uh, dominated. He doesn't think he was, um, you know, seriously injured in any way, though. He said if he thought there was an injury, if there was something like that where, you know, he has the possibility of, of re-aggravating or progressing an injury even further, he wouldn't have sent him in. But he just um, thought he just needed a mental um, – person that could uh just push him through the doubt push him through the um yeah just you know the thoughts that maybe he can't pull this off but um yeah i mean it looked bad to a, a lot of people i think there was some definite uh reservations on other people that said you know hey if a guy's quitting you know you just gotta say that's it okay but um and i, I I'm, I'm definitely gonna give robert drysdale the benefit of the doubt with this one you know, off the top, I thought, okay, that, you know, the fighters calling, calling it, you know, you know, respect that. But, you know, so at first I, I didn't really know dry. was coming at it. And uh, both, uh, all three judges had, uh, had it, uh, yeah, two, two and O for Hubbard or for the, for the, right. you know, no judge had um, Roshkov winning the first round right. and two of the three judges had the uh, second round, a 10, eight round. Now the, when I've watched, like I said, I've watched it several times and at first he's saying, I want to call it, call it. And then even Drysdale says, do you really want to lose this way? And then the kid says, you know, Max Roshkoff says, I just don't, I don't have it. Like, I don't just don't it. got it. I get, yeah. cause Drysdale said, you know, you're a champion. And he said, I don't, I don't got it. And that's when Drysdale started trying to pump him up saying, no, you know, stop saying that. And so I think he was just, you know, the kid was actually starting to beat himself up saying, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, and, and when he's saying, I don't got it. I mean, I think he's just was saying like, I don't have, I don't, I'm not this, I don't, I don't have what it takes to be here and all that kind of stuff like that. So yeah. 
I think Drysdale was just trying to boost his self-confidence rather than, and then he even said, you know what, this is drag him down, get on top of him, hold him there, tell for, you know, and then you can end the round that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Drysdale was trying to push him into danger. You know, I, like I said, after watching it a few times, I think Drysdale was just trying to, you know, make sure the kid wasn't making a decision that was going to affect his entire career. Yeah. It, you know, kid was five and zero going, going in, going into this, you know, comes with a, obviously, Drysdale is a world-class jiu-jitsu fighter. You know, he won, uh, he won the world uh, jiu-jitsu tournament in 2005. And I think he won gold in Abu Dhabi in 2007. So he's, you know, he's, this kid's going to be well-trained. This kid's going to be obviously a ground fighter. He was a, a wrestler in, in college. So I think, I think Drysdale wasn't trying. I give Drysdale the benefit of the doubt too, that he was just trying to make sure the kid didn't do anything that was going to, affect them long-term because you know doing that on national television mm-hmm. that's gonna be hard and then you got guys like dan hooker who, who are calling you know calling him a marshmallow and stuff like that i mean yeah. i think dana white handled it really well in the post fight saying you know if, if fighters are going to call it they need they need you know they know they know themselves best yeah yeah you're right uh, i'm glad you know you said the same thing about uh, giving drysdale the benefit of the doubt i you know i just saw him just think I, I i just saw that it was mental i didn't seem physical it seemed just a, a mental thing where he just thought this guy is better than me and uh, there's no way i can i can take this and you know drysdale doesn't doesn't have that same view uh drysdale was supposedly asking dana white you know to give this guy an opportunity in the usc because he saw him as a potential future champion uh extreme couture is uh, one of the greatest uh fight organized uh, fight teams on the planet and He's a Vegas guy. He, you know, he lives and breathes the sport. He's uh, really, really looked phenomenal in his, uh, you know, first five fights. Has some of the best trainers in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, just that overwhelming feeling, maybe of you know having this shot and uh, just not being able to have any success. Uh, you know, that was a dominating second round by Hubbard. And um, yeah, it's I'm 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 disappointed that uh, it's taken so much. It's Got so much media, uh, bad attention towards Drysdale and and him, himself and this fighter, and and it sounds like a lot of people, you know, never want him to ever get another shot in the UFC again. And I think, you know, maybe that was Drysdale's worry that, you know, if you quit on your stool, um, maybe you'll never have another chance at this uh, to you know change your life. So, yeah, um, it's, it's the kid's definitely got an uphill battle now, but uh, you know. I mean, he he was he he looked he looked pretty decent in the first round. I mean, just it just the experience level of Hubbard is uh, Hubbard has eleven more professional fights and on a much bigger scale than 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 Roshkoff. And Roshkoff found out about the last minute had him had a cut to make weight. Yeah, you know, and also there's an adrenaline dump with your with your first first time there, right? So yeah, 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 disappointing. Um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, it blows over a little bit, and uh, you know, there's not so much bad press about it. Um, yeah, I know. Like Ariel, Ariel Helwani is 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 screaming bloody murder, saying, you know, mm-hmm. the kid said nine times he wanted to stop. Well, he did. You know, if you look at it, look at it again, yeah, he says he wants to stop, but then he starts talking about how he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it as a fighter, and that's when Drysdale is stepping in and trying to like boost his morale. So mm-hmm. I don't think uh, Helwani's right. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Drysdale was trying to push him into danger or anything. I mean, he even tried to give him a strategy how he could get out of the round safely and just, you know, let it go to decision, but wasn't to be, wasn't, wasn't his night. Yeah. 
Well, thanks so much for watching at extra times and putting in a lot more effort into breaking it down and making sure that, you know, you, uh, well, you saw, I love, I love the sport. I love the sport. I love everything about it. And, and it's an important, it's an important issue right now. Cause we, you know, we saw that a couple of fights ago, you know, with um, Anthony just, Smith, whether yeah. or not the, his, his corner should have stopped it. And Anthony Smith is defending his, cor his corner, but he took a lot of damage for two extra rounds. They probably didn't need to against it. Uh, Glover Teixeira. So that's something, I mean, you know, in boxing, if they're a fighter, uh, I mean, you, I mean, I shouldn't say this, you know more about boxing than I do. You're, you're a boxer, but I think in boxing, if, if a fighter tells once or twice his corner that, that it's, it's over, they're going to call it right away. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of an immediate thing. Uh, mixed martial arts is a different sport in, in that regard. Um, usually a guy is going to tap out. Um, usually, you know, you, you know, a referee is going to stop, stop it if uh, you know he's taking sustained abuse and not defending himself but yeah in boxing you know it's usually only one time a guy says I don't have it I, I want to quit and he's he's done his corner stops I think it's because you know there have been so many deaths in boxing over the years and uh, luckily in UFC knock on wood uh, never been a death and uh, you know we haven't seen any you know serious massive um, you know, brain injuries uh, like boxing sustained. So it's different. It's um, it is a big controversial subject and, and topic. And, you know, I don't want to see uh, a fighter, you know, take life threatening abuse, brain damage abuse. Definitely not. Um, you know, some, some of these fights we've seen in the last year or so, um, you know, we saw Tony Ferguson take way too much abuse. We saw Felicia Spencer take way too much abuse. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's definitely worrisome. Um, you know, Dana White says if, if a fighter quits, just call it right then and there. But um, Drysdale didn't, didn't think that that was the call he should make at that moment. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what shakes down. Uh, Ariel Hawani, yeah, did say nine times. I heard him say nine times the guy asked out of the fight what's going on. But, but uh, you know, when you broke it down and, and looked at it again, I looked at it a few times too. Uh, it's not just definitely, um, you know, an easy call to make, I don't think. No. No, not at all. Good, good night though for the Canadians. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me, you're you there, uh, Barrio, and yeah, let's uh, let's break down some of that. Uh, well, the Jillian, how good Jillian Robertson looked really good against Courtney Casey. I mean, she was able to, to uh, drag her down. And one thing I I, I love about some fighters, and uh, you know what uh, Robertson did, she went for the she, 25 seconds left. She could just laid on um, Casey for the entire time, but she, I mean, she was up. And uh, no, she went for the submission and 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 got it. And you could see that uh, Casey was frustrated afterwards. I mean, you know, she didn't turn her body. She didn't try to get her, you know, her 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 back to the mat to try to get out of that drew her naked choke, even though the the hooks weren't in. Um, but uh, yeah, Jillian Robertson looked good, calm, calm, cool. She looked really good. Fantastic submission. Yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, I. I love when I see um, female fighters uh, that uh, definitely look calm. They, they, they go in, they just, you know, handle whatever comes their way. And, uh, you know, if they, if they see an opportunity for submission like that, they, they take it. And like you say, you know, they could have, she should have just laid and prayed and, uh, you know, finished it. But, you know, to get the submission one, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was a, it was a good, it was actually a really good night of fights. There was a lot, there was a lot of, again, not, not a lot of big names on this card, but uh, you know, it, every, every fight was, was excellent. Um, you know, another one of one that could have been uh, close to fight night was Bobby Green, Clay Guida. I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a fun fight too. 
you know, lot, lots of talking and, and, you know, lots of, you know, action. You know, Bobby Green looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. For a guy who, uh, he needed that win. Oh, big time. And, uh, man, did he ever, he looked, he looked calm and good, you know, and uh, didn't, didn't let Kaguya uh, drag him into a, into a phone booth, into a, into a slug match. So Bobby Green looked, looked really good, really skilled. Yeah, it's nice to see him break out of a losing streak and get an opportunity to raise his hand and, um, yeah, beat a, an old veteran like Guida who had been in so many wars. Um, you know, he Guida's in the Hall of Fame for his his big war that he had years ago with uh, Diego, Diego Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, it's um, yeah that was a really fun fight. And the other fight that I really liked, uh, we talked about a lot uh, heading into the weekend, uh, Jim Miller. You know, that was a huge submission win over um, Roosevelt Robertson, who had uh, – Robert, sorry, who, who really uh, is an up-and-comer and had looked fantastic heading into that fight. And uh, yeah. Jim Miller showed the veteran presence that he has. Absolutely. I mean, it's disappointing. I'm hoping this doesn't uh, railroad, you know, take, take uh, Roberts off his, uh, off his trajectory because he was heading in the right direction there. And, but he'll, he'll learn from this. I mean, it was just bad luck. I mean, he tried to go for, you know – a higher kick uh, off the top. At the same time, Jim Miller was going for that low calf kick, you know, caught Roberts on, on one leg and went to the ground. And, and, and Jim Miller is a legit black belt. And, and he's, he sunk that, that, uh, that arm bar in. And uh, it was, you know, he, he didn't even have time to tap. He, he was, it was an audible tap because he, it was in so tight and Roberts didn't even want to take his hand off his other hand, you know, just to, 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 to tap even so i mean jim miller's a, a class act and and he, he looked great yeah He's awesome there's there's never there's nobody in the ufc that has more fights than he does in the octagon he's tied with donald cerrone for the most appearances in the octagon so yeah i mean he's uh you know complete veteran uh he's still fairly young i think 35 and uh you know still uh you know has has you know so much ability to to beat guys um, you know, yeah, that he just took advantage of that one kick and, uh, the right timing took him down and never, you know, gave him a chance. Uh, yeah, that arm bar looked pretty nasty and you're not going to want to pull your hand off of that and, and tap with it. Cause, uh, you know, you could have your arm, uh, snap or, you know, cause some serious damage for a long time. So yeah, great, 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 uh, great win by Jim Miller. Um, the Bilal Muhammad win over Lyman Good. Uh, that was a, that was a entertaining fight. I couldn't believe how composed uh, Bilal looked the whole time. Uh, Lyman is a big boy, uh, you know, looks in amazing shape, and uh, you know, great great fighter. But Bilal just uh, was able to be better on the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Lyman Good looked he he looked he looked good also. I mean, that was another entertaining fight. Uh, but Bilal Muhammad just you know was able to take control and his movement was good. And he was able to circle away from that power, power hand of Lyman good. And, uh, you know, was able to pull it off, but, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, Lyman good, you know, like I said, he sort of had a, he's had a bit of a, a uh, you know, one win, one loss, one win, one loss. I mean, he, he's a talented guy. I mean, he, uh, I think he was the, uh, the inaugural Bellator uh, welterweight uh, champion back back a few years ago so you know he's got lots of experience and he and he looked great yeah. and again yeah you said he's 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 a big welterweight holy smokes <laughs> yeah but um yeah i mean he could easily move up to middleweight but uh you know bilal muhammad is a is a talented talented fighter and 
and you, and you saw it. Yeah. Uh, now just switching to a couple of women's fights uh, earlier on the prelim. Uh, Tisha Torres had a, had a great decisive win um, by decision. And then uh, her girlfriend, um, Rocky, was able to uh, pull off a big decision win herself. It's kind of great to see them on the same card and uh, be able to celebrate. There was a lot of tweets on the bottom corner as she's cheering her girlfriend on. Uh, both of them look really strong. Yeah, I mean, Tisha Torres is, is, in, is in great shape. And, and uh, you, can, you can see how, you know, she just is able to out-muscle uh, Van Buren. And, uh, I mean, you know, she's... It was it was a defense a decisive win. I mean, I think all three judges had her winning all, all uh, all three rounds, thirty twenty seven. So um, you know, she actually yeah, looked great. Yeah, she sure did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you touched on the Canadians. Uh, Mark Andre Borio had a KO and uh, end of the second round. Um, any thoughts on, on that knockout? Uh, you know, I got to give Borio credit. I mean, he, again, he's a guy who wanted to make a statement, needed that win. And, uh, you know, he, a few, a few months ago, he said he's going to come out and, and fight his style. He's not going to let fighters going to drag him into their game. And he, and he pressed forward and, and moved. He took a few shots uh, from Oscar along the way, but, uh, he just kept pushing forward and pushing forward and, and was able to get the KO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Great, great card. Uh, like you say, there wasn't the big names as, as usual. The, they're, they're keeping that for Abu Dhabi coming up. But, but uh, yeah, entertaining card. A lot of great prelim fights. Uh, oh, a lot of great. decisions. A lot of decisions on the main card, but still, still a nice yeah. fight. Yeah, and uh, another fight we, we were talking about was uh, Roxanne Modafari, the Happy Warrior versus Lauren cool. Murphy. Um, again, this is where you saw strength and conditioning come in. Lauren Murphy, I mean – she came in looking great. I mean, she looked, I mean, not an ounce of, of body fat on that woman. And she was just able to, to uh, just impose her, her will on Modafari, just use strength and conditioning and, and power. And, you know, anytime that, uh, you know, Modafari is a uh, specialty is, is grappling and in Murphy was just able to, you know, use her strength and, and, uh, so that just shows you that you know fighters have got to come in 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 top of top top shape. I'm not saying that Modafari wasn't in her best shape, but I mean Lauren Murphy just looked good, and just you can see the the strength and the power difference between the two. Yeah. Oh no, that was a very impressive performance, and yeah, she's top physical condition. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was a if that was a lot of fun, really fun card, and uh, I'm glad uh, we were able to break it down. Uh, Let's, why don't we switch to this, this coming week? Have you been able to look ahead at some of the, the fights on the next card? Yeah, I mean, Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker, I mean, that's going to be an all-out war. I mean, th- these are two guys that I don't think uh, know how to quit. And uh, um, it's, it's, it's going to be an a, a entertaining fight for sure. I mean, and, uh, you know, Dustin Poirier has looked – has looked awesome since moving up to 155. I mean, I know he didn't think didn't go his way last time he was in uh, Abu Dhabi versus uh, Khabib. Khabib, but uh, you know, uh, he he he's got a tough he's got a tough tough match ahead of him though with Dan Hooker. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I, you know, I I'm leading towards Poirier for this. Uh, he's he's blown me away in in so many fights leading up to that that title fight but um yeah hooker yeah for sure he's uh, you know had some amazing performances but i don't think 
you know, even close to what Poirier has been able to do and the level of competition that we've seen out of uh, the diamond. And yeah, so it's going to be an entertaining main event for sure. Uh, you know, those two guys know just how to get out there and bang. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a firefight, probably one of the fight of the year candidates, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, not to say that the co-main event's going to be uh, anything less than absolute uh, absolute fireworks, but um, you know, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is this Mickey Gall's uh, first welterweight? Uh, is this his welterweight debut? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and uh, going up against. A, I mean, if he, this is going to be a striker versus grappler match match up here i mean mickey gall's good on his feet but he's great on the ground so i mean i think that's what he's gonna have to do he's gonna have to use that long long reach long long body of his stay away from mike perry and uh try to get to the ground yeah yeah you're right yeah it's always uh, a lot of fun to break down the striker versus grappler matchups and you seem to always uh you know favor that grappler with your jiu-jitsu background and i, I like the stand-up fighter so it's always uh fun to uh, yeah put a little bit of information behind uh, why you think each other's gonna win but um yeah no mickey Gall's um you know very still very new um decided he, he needed to move to a different division see see what that changes for him um yeah he's six and two in his career uh, came out of the dana white contender series and uh, has looked really strong at times uh lately he you know i don't think he was uh, sharp enough in the early stages but um, yeah, I, I, he's been very hyped by the UFC as a, you know, next up and comer and, uh, Mike Perry, um, you know, he, he just likes to stand there and throw as many punches <laughs> as he can. And he doesn't care if he takes, you know, as many as the other guy, he just hopes he can, he can knock the guy down. So he's always fun. He's uh, he's not the smartest guy I've ever met, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he definitely loves to just trade with guys. Yeah, again, again, uh, I think, and, and Gall's going to know that going in and, and he's going to try to, you know, you know, keep, keep his distance and uh, eventually try to get it to the ground. Yeah. So we got uh, next up on that card, uh, Brendan Allen, Kyler, Kyle Dykehouse, uh undefeated fighter, 9-0 and coming in, middleweight. Brendan Allen uh, definitely has had some really great, fights in in his uh mma career um 14 and 3 um yeah you uh how do you see this one shaping up you know i i gotta be honest i don't know a whole lot about either one of those guys i mean uh so i can't really comment on that one. you know no this, is, this is this is one of those cards where there's a lot of guys uh you know that are sort of in the newer newer fighters coming in and and then you know it could could be a lot of could be could be fireworks with all those young kids yeah that's true yeah uh jean volante uh yeah he's had a you know pretty extensive mixed martial arts career uh eight, 28 fights um facing a guy that's only had 12 uh mo green um yeah uh, any uh any breakdown there uh you know Volante's always uh you know he's he's again that he's got that kickboxing and and, and wrestling style so you know he he's he's never one to to count out and yeah he's been he's been doing a long time he's a big guy six three two oh five um you know, it's, you know, he's, he's a well-rounded mixed martial artist. So, I mean, uh, he's, you can't really uh, count him out. Mo Green doesn't have the experience, but, um, you know, it's, it should be interesting for sure. Yeah. And uh, another female fight on the card, Aspen Ladd, Sarah McMahon. 
both really game fighters. Um, Aspen's only had one loss. Uh, Sarah's been in 17 battles, 12 and 5. Um, both of them, uh, yeah, very game competitors. Uh, I always enjoy watching both of them fight. Yeah. You know, one thing that's curious about the, the Volante fight is I, it's, it's going to be at heavyweight. So I don't know if um, Volante's fought at heavyweight. He usually fights at 205. So I don't know if, uh, if that's going to be a big difference for him, you know, carrying around more weight. And, uh, you know, Morris Green will have um, – Morris Green needs a win. I mean, he lost two, in, lost two in a row. I think his last fight was against Olenek that he okay. wasn't able to, to pull it out. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, like, I like seeing guys fighting closer to their natural weight. Yeah. Yeah, you were mentioning that last week. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's crucial um, – you know, we're seeing these weight cuts just sap the person's strength, just, get, you know, don't give them an the ability to be able to fight at their uh, max, I don't think, and, you know, I mean, be able Mo, to go there. Mo Green is huge. I mean, he usually comes in around 265. So, uh, you know, yeah. he's going to have to use that size and, and, and uh, you know, try to, like, tie up. Uh, I mean, he's a Bra uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, so he's going to try to tie up Valente and, and – and, make him carry his weight nice yeah okay um anything on the prelims stand up on that card for you that we should be looking out for uh you know again it's just it's one of those things okay. you know Luis Pena is fighting Luis Pen Luis Pena is kind of fighting and uh you know it's uh yeah it, it's, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be fireworks for sure yeah, well, it's, you know, it's great to see so many of these fighters getting opportunities now that there's fights every weekend. There's a, a lot of need for fighters waiting in the wings. There's a lot of um, people that are missing weight, uh, people that are injured, you know, these late, um, late calls to come in and get your first opportunity. A lot of these people are already, you know, scheduled to fight and it's their first fight or second fight. So, um, yeah, they usually, uh, you know, put on an amazing show and, you know, we, we've seen it, a typical example, last few weekends, uh, there's been some, you know, people that have just got their first opportunity and, you know, they've changed their life. And so, yeah, it makes, makes for exciting things. Uh, there are some people that only tune in for the main card and never see the prelims and they're missing out. They're really missing out all the time that a lot of these, you know, young up and comers or people that just haven't had an opportunity with the UFC and finally get a shot and then they can prove what they're, they're made of. Yeah, I mean that, that's 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 one of the best things about this uh, the sport is that you can get guys sort of coming up, and uh, even I don't want to go back to the other card too much, but uh, I mean you just look at Justin James. He's a guy I'd never heard of him before, and uh, and uh, he knocked out Frank Camacho in in uh, forty one seconds <laughs> in forty one seconds, yeah. and uh, you know yeah. so that and again that was an exciting, exciting fight. I mean, he got uh, $50,000 for that knockout too. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe we missed that. Yeah. That was definitely something we should have talked about uh, early on. Yeah. That that's great. He, he had that chance. Uh, you know, I, I do remember the commentator saying that, you know, I think Camacho wants his fight to last a while and James just wants to come in there and uh, make it a firefight right away. And uh, James is able to start catching him with the left and wow. Uh, he just overwhelmed him so fast. And, and, uh, you know, he, he, the fight was called a little soon, but, uh, you know, I don't think he was uh, going to be able to withstand the onslaught that James brought. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when he knocked him down, he, he threw those, those, those two wide left-hand left hooks. 
uh, two in a row that knocked Camacho down. Then when he when he jumped on him, uh, they 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 collided heads. So that's where uh, even where even yeah even Justin James had a big cut on his head during the fight. So I don't know how if how that affected Camacho, but uh, it was completely one sided. So I think Herb Dean did the right thing by stopping it yeah. when, when he did for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, it was always great as usual. I want you to um, talk about your gym and uh, promote it a little bit. Uh, those those guys there, uh, I'm sure love love some support and uh, have people come down and and train there. Uh, let, let's fill the gym every week. Tell, tell yeah, yeah. Well, it's not my gym, but I mean, we're where yeah. I train at WVMA, and uh, you know, Jeff Mazeros is the uh, uh, black belt uh, jujitsu instructor there with. Um, Dean and Blake Lorette as the kickboxing instructor. So it's a, it's a good group of guys. And, and I just got a text from them now saying that uh, things are starting to open up a bit. They're getting a little, uh, they're getting a little more freedom from the, the government to, to get a little bit closer contact. So hopefully I'll be back down there soon. I've been, I have, I've been waiting until we can roll freely again, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I hope you can get down there this week and, uh, yeah, it's been a long stretch. This uh, pandemic hit in mid-March, basically, and uh, really has um, yeah forced a lot of people out of their routines to going to the gyms. And uh, you know, see you see a lot of these UFC fighters had to figure out ways to to train on their own. And uh, you know, luckily they were able to start getting back in the gyms over the last few weeks. And then now we're finally seeing some great cards and. Another great uh, Father's Day weekend card for the UFC. I'm so glad that Scott Holborn was able to take some time and break it down for us. And looking ahead to next weekend, it's going to be fun. Dustin Poirier, uh, I think, is going to uh, you know, be able to take this fight. Uh, but, yeah, tune in. Make sure you watch the UFC. Uh, don't, don't miss out on the prelims card. And, uh, yeah, tune in to Complete Sports Media. We'll have Scott Holborn on again uh, next week and uh, we'll be able to break it down. Thanks a lot, Scott, for joining us. Take care. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. That was uh, fantastic as usual. He, uh, he always brings uh, so much to the table and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, UFC is uh in full swing we've got a couple cards behind in our in the belts uh yeah it's been um, wonderful to to um, be able to see some great cards and break down some fights and uh yeah we're looking ahead we've got one more fight in vegas coming up this weekend we got a week break and then off to abu dhabi for four in two weeks so um thanks again for joining us with complete sports media take care Love you so much. Bye for now.